You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and I'm joined today with Laura Rob. This is the Rob Review Podcast. Welcome, Laura. Oh, as always, Evan, it's a pleasure to be here talking to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Laura, today we thought we would share some of our thoughts and opinions about teacher agency. You know, we nowadays, uh, a lot of buzzwords certainly circling in education. Buzzwords aren't new, but we hear a lot about student agency and the, the idea of students having a high degree of ownership in, in what they learn. And teacher agency is very much the same. It has to do with teachers having increased ownership on their professional learning. So for the purpose of this podcast, we'll define teacher agency as the capacity of teachers to act purposefully and constructively to direct their own professional growth. And in this podcast, we're going to share five ways that we think can benefit a school or a school division if their goal is to increase teacher agency. So Laura, one thing I can say to begin with, and I know you'll agree with me on this, is when I reflect back on my career, and I know when you reflect back on your career, I had no opportunities for agency when I was a teacher. Uh, It was either do the professional development or not. I had no say in that whatsoever. Uh, Can you relate to that too? Oh, I can relate to that. And of course, I've been in education a little longer than you, Evan, and I remember that time when there was no professional uh, learning uh, at all. You know, you were a teacher and you knew what to do. The idea of uh, keeping abreast of research or the idea that children and families were changing, um, it wasn't even thought of then, but it's a very important um, concept that we need to address today. Well, you know, it's really interesting that you say that, you know, because I think back, or I think now, um, with the amount of professional learning that's happening within my school and teachers that I know, I, you know, I see teachers always trying new and innovative things uh, in terms of creating lessons and how they uh, they um, run their classroom. Uh, but when I think back to my personal experiences, when I reflect back on teachers that I had, you know, especially I'll go back to my wonderful middle school years, they all taught the exact same way all the time. No one ever changed. So I can never recall when I was 12 or 13 years old that my teacher was going to come in and say, okay, you know, today we're going to do station learning. That did not have any place whatsoever in my middle school experience. Actually, teachers uh, who were like that, that was their goal. Like you finally arrived in the profession if you had a set of lessons that you could use again and again and again every year. Um, and But it didn't work in subjects like science, which is con- continually changing um, and we're learning. So you had the same lessons um, for the last 30 years and things in biology or chemistry or physics have changed. It worked great in history. Yes, it did. Absolutely. And I got to experience that all the time. Yeah, I had a history teacher who had these big yellow legal pads of his lessons, just a big stack of them. And he was just incredibly proud that that represented, you know, the seventh grade history class. Absolutely. Okay, so let's move away from that because we can go down that rabbit hole and stay there for the whole podcast. What we want to do is we want to share some ideas on how to increase teacher agency. So the first idea that I'm going to share, and we're going to share five, but the first First one is for a central office to create professional learning opportunities after consulting with teachers and principals. Absolutely, Evan, because there will be some professional learning opportunities that all schools will benefit from. 
but as you know, every school has its own culture and climate, and so that the needs, uh, some of the specific needs in a in an individual school will differ, and that's as it should be. But the central office has to support the idea of it is important for teachers and principals to be continual learners. And it's important to have that communication and that collaboration in order to carve out professional learning opportunities that make sense for the entire division and also that make sense for the school. But what we would say is it is wrong when there is is a presumptive um, sort of belief from a central office that this building needs such and such without having any discussion with the building. Absolutely. You should not make a decision for a building without consulting the staff and the principal and any other administrators in that building. Number two, schools can rethink, can be encouraged to rethink the organization of their school day. And one thing that I'll add on that in the, as I start on this one is it's very easy to put sanctity in a schedule, and I've been in schools that have the exact same schedule for many, many years, but students are in the building, in many cases between 8 a.m. and 3.30. There are and there can be opportunities to look at time differently to create more collaborative opportunities for teachers. Absolutely. I, I think that, you know, science and math teachers, um, it's nice to schedule them so they can work together and social studies uh, and uh, English language arts teachers. The other kinds of things that I hear when I travel around the country are teachers are so frustrated with that 42 or 45 minute period. And we're kind of locked into that seven classes a day and you just go boom, 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 one after the other. And it's very difficult to do the kinds of collaborative and student-centered uh, learning and project-based learning in that kind of a time frame. Yeah, and, and I think what's, what's exciting when you start looking at new ways of, of time is also the, the types of learning that needs to take place for people to effectively utilize that, that time in, in an effective way for kids. Absolutely. I think the worst thing is to train, change the time without helping the teachers uh, learn how to use that time effectively. Okay, now, Laura, I'm going to share my number three, but I want, you got to let me read the, the, my whole sentence out before you jump on me. Okay. Because the, the beginning part, you're going to say, no, no, it needs to be more than that. So let me finish the entire sentence, which is involve and support teachers in analyzing data but most importantly, looking holistically at students. Absolutely. I want them to help us see this child. I want formative assessments as part of this. A child is not a number uh, based on a standardized test uh, or some kind of uh, test given during the year. Uh, and it's, that, it, it's one day's worth of work that that child has done. We have to see the whole child. We have to not get in into the habit of, of looking at a child as a number because a child is a human being with a unique set of abilities and we want to find the strengths in that child and we do that through formative assessments. You know, and although it's a little beyond this podcast, but it's the absolute same thing goes for administrators when evaluating teachers. Um, there needs to be multiple ways that we look at uh, understanding where teachers are and helping teachers get better, um, but just looking at it through a very narrow lens uh, can be um, can be highly problematic, to say the least. That's another podcast, Evan, and a very good one. We will do that. Number four, give teachers choices regarding their professional learning. And, you know, that is, that's profound. 
because that is diametrically different than the type of professional learning or development rather that I experienced, which was here it is, you got to do it, everyone's got to do it. And what we're talking about is having a lot of different options or having some personalization within professional learning for teachers to be able to develop themselves, develop their skills in areas where they feel they need some extra development. Absolutely. You know, I look at teachers in the school just like a classroom, that we have a, a diversity of students in a classroom. They come in with different background knowledge, uh, expertise in different areas, and it's the, going to be the same on a faculty so that if, if we're going to improve as teachers, we need to have a say. We need to personalize how we learn, and that's the beauty of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely, it is. Now, number five is, is a little more towards a central office, and it's resist the temptation to scale up or, or start mandating a particular form of professional learning just because it might be successful. Um, you and I, Laura, always advocate, you know, we're certainly not opposed to divisional professional learning um, initiatives, but we do believe that buildings each have their own cultures, their own climates, their own needs. Um, so just because something works in one building doesn't necessarily mean that it that it's scalable in another building or it's scalable you know across an entire division so we recommend that that divisions are cautious about doing that right and the way you really deal with an issue like that is you communicate you com collaborate and you have representatives from the central office and from each school uh, giving input and uh, listening and, and coming to decisions that work for everybody because there are initiatives that work for everybody and then decisions that are school-based. Excellent. You know, so as, as we wrap up this podcast, you know, teacher agency is very, it's a very important thing. And, and Laura, you know, you point out so well that when you were a teacher early in your career, and certainly I can reflect on it too, a really dangerous thing, which is a belief that, well, you, you know, you go through college, you get your teaching endorsement, and you're a teacher, and you never need to grow or learn, or at best, it would happen at spots you know, around um, around a school or around a school division. What we're advocating for through our five recommendations are, is a way to make professional learning and teacher agency a, a large part of, the, of each school and of a school division, and most importantly, an expectation for the teachers who come into a school. Absolutely, and that's why we don't call it staff development. We call it professional learning because we see teachers as professionals, but to maintain that professional outlook, they have to be ongoing learners. Well, Laura, this wraps up this edition of the Rob Review podcast. I enjoyed having a conversation with you today. I certainly had fun with you, and we talked about things that are very important because if the school and principals don't support the teachers, how are they going to help the children? Well said, and we will leave it right there. That is a wrap for this edition of the Rob Review podcast. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again, and see you next time.